Hello, I'm Nina Baxter and I'm Joe Thompson and this is our podcast Rich Pickings. Welcome to episode four and we've got a very special guest today, our very first guest on Rich Pickings. Very, very excited to have Mark Diacono. Hello, Mark. Hello, hello. It's very lovely to be with you. So I was thinking back to when I first met you, Mark, and you were giving a talk for a, I think it it was a Smart Gardens magazine. This was probably about 15 years ago. And I didn't know anything about you. I'd read that you had run the garden at, at... River Cottage, mm-hmm. and that you were a climate change farmer. Well, I didn't. I didn't really know anything else, but um, so I didn't know what to expect. And I sat there, and all of a sudden, there was this man talking about cow farts, and <laughs> I, my attention was was grabbed by this because it was the first time. This was a while back. This was the first time that I'd heard the notion that 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 cows wind is not a good thing that's a way to grab somebody's attention and so I I then because you you were part of a, a big panel and so then I I delved into to what you did so that snippet gave me a real kind of like inspiration it only takes something like that gave me inspiration to 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 find out what you did so you were you you had run the gardens at River Cottage you then became a climate change farmer and had begun otter farm yeah yeah i'm not we're not at the original farm anymore but the kind of ideas and we um are still there and obviously still got the nursery and all of that so yeah yeah and you you write you write so much so quickly and so brilliantly i'm not (laughs) sucking up to you but i do i do love it when when mark's newsletter drops on a weekly basis because not only are there the recipes and the gardening, there's stuff about life and usually brilliant playlists as well. Oh, you are kind. You are kind. It was, it, it's quite, I, I remember, I remember enough about that day that you were there um, to remember about cow wind. Uh, <laughs> I think there's two things you need to do if you're going to do a talk, because you can, anyone can get nervous doing a talk. But if you can um, make people laugh and give them some booze they might just end up going oh he was a bit crap but he made me laugh and he gave me some booze and that's yeah. kind of what I try and do anytime I'm doing a talk anywhere which um and it worked clearly clearly that's it worked. really it's- good advice I'm going to do that I'm going to take yeah. that advice but yeah. you know Mark I so Joe obviously knows you very well as you know, met you loads of times over the past but and I've met you a few times probably at Chelsea stuff like that mm-hmm. so as I knew we were going to be talking, I was Googling and you know, doing my research on you. And um, my, what I noticed that, you know, where it says other people asked, you know, other people searched for on, and the Google. One that, on Google. And the one that came up top was, is Mark Diacono married? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what people are asking about you. Well, uh, you know, I think it's mostly because they look at me and think, Shit! If there's somebody going to be left on the shelf, it's got to be him. If it, I think it's, no. I, I, I think the rest of that sentence is probably because if he is, there's hope for me. <laughs> well, the <laughs> the funny thing is that ages ago I was looking up Joe, 
just to to see what people searched about. I was stalking Joe. Um, And what came up top for Joe was, how old is Joe Thompson? (laughs) (laughs) And is she married to Mark Diacono? And And I think that says quite a lot about our society. (laughs) I think you're quite right. I was a bit offended. That that reminds me. I had an email the other day from somebody asking me to do a talk to a local village garden society and I wrote back and said yes of course I would and I'm free from whenever and she wrote back and said well actually when I heard back from you and then gave the name to my committee nobody had ever heard of you but never mind That's really great. Isn't it? I know, I know. What else can I do in my field? I'm Joe Thompson, who's no. done a lot. But so yes, you... we've 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 worked a lot since, haven't we, Joe, on various things at Chelsea's and um, doing the, our RHS advising at um, Rosemore and generally having a lovely time. Yeah, down down at Rosemore, and also yeah, talking about Chelsea's. So you way back in 2012 when I created a garden with a caravan in it for for some reason because it was brilliant because it's for the caravan club I'd asked you I had a mini caravan in there that was actually a dog's kennel and I'd we'd been chatting about it and you very kindly sourced the the herbs I don't know if you remember this all the sort of little Mm -hmm. alpine strawberries and the herbs that would be planted in the green roof of this dog's kennel which they, and it was actually we had a corgi in it on press day, which was great. But anyway, mm. the some of the in fact most of the contents of that dog kennel roof were also used to make cocktails. So you very kindly came and made cocktails, which you you made them sort of outside the caravan, <laughs> and then we had little baby sham glasses inside the caravan. I remember this because. What I then rem- remember was you being in the caravan for a long time. And when I stuck my head in, you were talking to someone who, and your your eyes, I'll let you reveal. I think you know who, who I'm talking about. I think I do. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you thinking of John Hurt? Yes. Yeah. He, he, do you know what? I, I love John Hurt. I've loved, I, I really love his films and everything. And um, I was, I've been making these, cocktails you know and um he sort of sidled up to me and I thought you look awfully like John Hurt you know and um we started chatting and he said what have you got there and I said <laughs> you know I said whatever it was and I said and I remember saying uh there's a really nice minty apple mojito and he said you could do me one of those couldn't you and I said I said I could and he produced a very large glass from his bag <gasps> <laughs> so, glass. so I exactly so I made him um a really large a really large mojito and we sat there chatting and it was you know it was one of those great mornings where you think oh you know what this this is one of those days back from when you're doing your tax return when you're dealing with admin when you've got somebody being miserable on twitter or emailing you and you just think this is one of those great days and I think i I was involved in another of your gardens a little later, maybe maybe making cocktails again. And <laughs> yes. directly opposite was John Cooper Clark, who I also love, you know, Mancunian mm. punk poet. And um, he came over and I don't 
no, I can't remember. I think he had something that was non-alcoholic, actually. Um, and we got stuck into a very deep conversation where he was trying to persuade me that the Rolling Stones were the greatest band who'd ever been. And I was trying to persuade him <laughs> otherwise. And, and 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 it was one of those where you're having the conversation and it's about 5% of your brain is just going, I'm, I'm, I'm arguing with John Cooper Clark, who I've kind of loved since I was about 12, uh, about whether the Stones are the... I should let him have that, but I'm not going to because it's not true. Uh, <laughs> so who would... Who would you say was the best band ever then? Who are you arguing? Well, it, the best is a lot of things, isn't it? But if, I, if if push came to shove, I'd have to be really boring and say that it would be the Beatles. And 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 not just because I love them as musicians and songwriters and all of that, but the minute you kind of entertain the idea that obviously they changed music and so on and so on and so on. But the minute you entertain the idea that they were, in, in the scheme of things, the only band who weren't influenced by the Beatles. It's pretty extraordinary to do that when <laughs> yeah. you haven't got the Beatles going before you. You know, you've got yeah. the Beach Boys who were doing incredible things at the time, and not everybody realises what an inspiration to the Beatles they were at the same time because they were doing similar stuff. But if you forced me, I I couldn't make a stronger argument than the Beatles just because they, they did change everything. And, and the fact is they changed it in seven years, which is ridiculous. You know, their first album was in 63. Their last one is 1970. That's yeah. that's the gap between Coldplay albums, for God's sake. Uh, you know, it's extraordinary. Yeah, that yeah. reminds me, in your latest newsletter, it's called The Imperfect Umbrella, isn't Umbrella. it? Umbrella, on, yeah. on Substack. Read it, everybody. It's brilliant. The you, you had a kind of analogy of time. You said, what was it about the length? Yeah, and, about and six I think years. In, yeah, in a couple of months, I think it's in about three months' time, it will be the same length from when we voted to leave Europe to that, that it, it, the same length of time that the Beatles took for all of their albums to be released. So wow, if they've gosh. released the first one on the day we voted for Brexit, they would be breaking up now. Finished. Wow. I mean, that's phenomenal to go that's from love fact, music isn't it? To, yeah. to yeah. all of the Sergeant Pepper and all the crazy yeah, things. Yeah, they yeah. Did. You know, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's beyond my Ken, but that's what music I, I find that kind of eternally fascinating about music because it sort of shows to me i think that time isn't really linear you know it's it we understand it like that but it's it's just impossible that blue monday is nearer to the second world war than it is yeah. to now. you know things like that they just don't make any sense yeah. they don't make any sense but they're true and and i think it's because time has a kind of and i like this that time has a kind of different value depending on how you're spending it Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because we've all so many people say to me, Oh, we've, it's like we've lost three years for the or two years for the pandemic, and we can't quite mm. remember the last mm. few years what happened when. Mm. I'm mm. sitting here trying to work out what the <clears throat> how long it was after the end of the Second World War until Planet Earth was released by Tarantula. I think, <laughs> I think that was eighty one, <laughs> wasn't that it? Was so 81. that's 30, yes. Yeah, so yeah. it's thirty six years. So that it's 36 Ooh. years but it's 41 to now i mean this is this, this is the tragic yeah. thing it's not long, it's, it, it? even if you go to the beginning of the so hang on what's that uh, 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 actually do you know what it's the same it's the same amount of time from the from just before the second world war to planet earth as it is from planet earth to now <gasps> that does my head in and so, so we'd other... be all, we, uh, what pl- planet earth is to our children is what the charleston was to us Oh, my God. Oh, I know, I know. It, it doesn't make any sense. Which occasionally is oh, why. Dear. So my daughter, the other a few months ago, my daughter was, it was just, she came in and said, Mum, have you heard of Kate Bush? At which point I immediately launched into expressive dancing in the kitchen. Excellent. Excellent. Wuthering myself, obviously. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. And she fell about laughing and at the same time then started to talk about the fact that something, you know, a, a record which was so old was mm. now back. Yeah, she was talking about because of Stranger, Stranger things. things. Yeah. Um, yeah, a record that was so old was actually so called. Cool. I was saying it's not that old, but exactly it is. It's, it's, yeah, it's, okay. But the the idea that we would have been playing uh, um, uh, Glenn Miller when we were in yeah. our teens, yeah, doesn't yeah. you know? It, it's the equivalent of you know yes. my daughter playing the Smiths and and yours playing Kate. But you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's it's such a bizarre thing, I, you know. And it's I, difficult I, I, to get your headspace out of it, isn't it? I mean, I, mm. I, somebody was laughing at me the other day because throughout our podcast, our recent podcasts. Um, I refer to people writing in. You know, people will write letters <laughs> in and please let, write us in, which is obviously ridiculous because yeah, it's, it's not the multicoloured swap shop. Nobody writes letters. I, might, I, I won't swear, but I'll beep. Is that all right? Yes. I think I, I've, I've got this idea for a book that probably will never happen, but I like the idea of this book happening. And it's called How the Beep Did We Get Anything Done? And it <laughs> it, it's, it started with a conversation with my daughter um, where we were talking about, you know, about um what you know you there were only three channels and i'm like yeah there are only three channels and she was going oh hang on a minute uh, they, they, <laughs> how, did you, how, how do you choose off that and i, and I said listen I, you, you, it's very hard for you to understand and if you and if you didn't live through it and even now you kind of have to go hang on a minute that was a revolution the revolution i mean genuine revolution that the video recorder was yes because it meant <laughs> it meant so many things it meant you could you could go out. This is something my daughter couldn't quite get her head around. Is you could go out when something was on the telly that you <laughs> wanted to watch. Yes. All of us, you know, because there was no reason. She was like, "What about YouTube?" I'm going. There was no internet. She was going, "Oh my god, what did you do?" <laughs> uh, and 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 you know, uh, did you see um, Mayflies that was on over Christmas? It was a kind of two part BBC kind of um, didn't drama. see it, but I, I saw it was on. Okay, it was it was really brilliant, and it's based on a. a, a Really fantastic book by Andrew Hagen. And, and it's set around an event in Manchester. And it was a whole day gig. It centres around the event. You know, it's part of the story. And I went to it. And at the same event. So it's quite peculiar watching it. Um, but a friend and I were trying to figure out how on earth we went. How did that work out? And we figured out this must have been right how it happened. Like today, if there was going to be that on tomorrow... We'd all be receiving emails about tickets being available at a certain time. You'd you'd go on there at ten o'clock in the morning. You could yeah. click and you'd go through and you'd sit there for about two weeks in the in the in the queue, the virtual queue, waiting yes. to try and get tickets. You probably wouldn't get them, and then you'd have to pay eight thousand pounds from on a reseller. But you'd know in that instant if you were going. Then what would have happened is I would have read about it while waiting for my friend to get off the bus and meet me in town. So I'm in Smiths. <laughs> Always meet in Smiths because it doesn't matter if it's raining or if they're late. I'm looking at the enemy. I see this picture. Oh, there's this gig going on in July. Okay. Chris comes along. Do you fancy that? Yeah, I do. All right. On Friday, we'll have a chat in the pub with everyone. See if they fancy it. Go to the pub on Friday. I fancy coming. Okay. Next week, bring your money in. They bring their money, whoever wants to come. And then I would have gone to the post office. This is the, this is, this is the slow-turning cogs of life back then. Yeah. I'd have gone to the post office, bought a postal order. Hello? That's a postal, postal order. order. What's a postal order? <laughs> so I get a postal and, and I'm saying to, I'm just explaining to my daughter, a postal order, it's kind of like a check, but just for someone in particular, you know, but why didn't you just send him a check? Well, it's more complicated than that. And I obviously couldn't explain. So I'd send this off, you know, I'd like nine tickets, please, to GMEX on the whatever of July. Send it off. And then it comes 
back maybe three weeks later, you'd find out if you had any tickets, <laughs> if they were any good, if you hadn't got any tickets. So it, this whole process would take five weeks to know if you were even going to the blimmin' gig. <laughs> and it, 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 now, like I say, it's, it's so, and, and I think that really kind of got my daughter going, hang on a minute. So you didn't yeah. have mobile phones either. It's like, no, we didn't have mobile. How did you yeah. know? How did you know? If so? And I was like, listen, we made an arrangement. If you weren't there, you might find out a week later why they weren't there. Yeah. yeah. And you had, you. I would give people 20 minutes to half an hour to turn up yep. at a meeting. And if if after that, you'd know that they weren't, they weren't coming. Yeah. The idea of giving somebody 20 minutes now, it's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's like five minutes yeah. to, are you on time? <laughs> you know, yeah. yes, I am. Yeah, but also, you see, if you were if you'd been a brownie, like uh-huh. I was, you'd <laughs> have in your brownies always had to have in their pockets a two p piece for a phone call. Yes, a piece of string. Can't remember what that was for, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, just in and, case. And a handkerchief. Anyway, yes, the two p piece, which then became ten p as as uh, inflation, I suppose, was mm. was for the phone box. Yeah, the idea I of change, that, even that. Even the idea of change to my door, she's like, what? You carry change around. It's like, that's all it was. That's all it was. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's one thing that makes me sad is that the children of today will not be piling up coppers on their elbow and trying to catch it in the playground. <laughs> oh, can you do that? Were you one of the I, boys who could do that? I was that? a real oh. king at that. Oh. I, was, I, I was and remain crap at most things. But catching um, change off my elbow. I, that's I, a skill. It's a proper skill. It's a life skill. skill. A lost skill. So can you play mm-hmm. tennis as well? Is your hand-eye coordination quite good? My hand, do you know what? When I was uh, when I was very young, I was uh, remarkable at table tennis. Oh, oh, there you go. It's all the same. Oh, I love table tennis. Dev, Devon under yeah. 11 champion. Devon <laughs> under 11 champion. Really? And how oh, are God, you? Yeah. How are you at tossing pancakes? Pretty, pretty reasonable, actually. I mean, I, 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 you, you, what you're doing, this is almost like we've lined this up beforehand. You're, you're, you're naming the few things that I'm good at. Uh, so <laughs> we, I, th- I thank we, you for it. Um, we, honestly, we didn't discuss this before, did we? No, I can toss a pancake. The, I'm I wondering. Can catch, catch change off my elbow and uh, at table tennis. I don't know if I still am, but I was rather good as a kid. I'm wondering if you've I'm just I've got your lovely new book here Spice and Ooh. have you got any pancake re- I know you've got a mincemeat recipe in there which I was quite interested about because yes. I'm not a big mincemeat fan are you not a big mincemeat fan no no Ooh. what is it is it, is it what, what, what is it about the mincemeat that gives you the willies it is well, everything <laughs> that it is it's just all the stuff in it so the moldy old currants and the moldy old sultanas and see hang on a minute hang on, hang on. i'm going to go through the ingredients and i want you to tell me which of these you don't like do you like cranberries mm, love cranberries blueberries mm, love apricots blueberries. yep raisins if I maybe it's that because that's where maybe I'm it's causing. the raisins, but the raisins here have been soaked in a thing called krupnik, which is spiced Polish vodka. <gasps> that sounds like <clears throat> something from a Marvel film. I'm, I'm kind of reeling you in here slowly, aren't I? Yeah. I'm reeling you in here so, slowly. And that's what I was thinking because actually, your recipe from mincemeat is not the mincemeat we know. But do you think that's just a whole sort of consumer? You know, the, the you know what we have now is just because somebody put that in jars fifty I years think, ago. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't mind um, 
you know, some bought mince meats all right. And, you know, I bought mince pie. I mean, I, you know, I probably consumed a skip full of them in the last month. But yeah. um, I think if you, it, 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 it's one of those things that most people, and I've been guilty of it, you think, oh, I can't be bothered. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, if you just make a good old fat litre of it, um, that time when you think, oh, I really fancy a pud, but there's nothing around, you just yeah. pop some of that, you know, take the core out of a, 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 a cooking apple bung it in the oven for 20 <gasps> minutes and you've got this lovely kind of you know with the mincemeat in the where the core was and it just infuses everything and you've got put in 20 minutes and everybody's happy and it really is remarkable oh, and i I'm think no... my problem though is that there's cinnamon in it isn't there, is uh, there cinnamon well, in it, it, it depends you can if you it's one of the things i try and encourage people to do in this in the book is to um is two things one is to kind of try to get to love the things they loathe by getting the very best of it and if you get really good cinnamon it's very different but it can be a little bit like you know your granny's perfume can't it if you know what I mean Uh, uh, so I'm I'm much I like cinnamon but I'm much happier going down the star and east road yeah and I think um that is something that I I I would just start substituting with things that you really like because what's cinnamon doing it's one of the it's one of the warm herbs you know it's one of the spices it's one of the spices that um create warmth in the body yes but it also kind of smells and the sensory experience of it is quite warm so Mm. i would be saying you know if you prefer ginger if you prefer star anise if you like cloves go down that road because it's just given you a similar feeling and i I was looking at your book earlier and i was i saw that you suggest stirring your coffee with a cinnamon stick uh, well, that's you, you can, yeah, mm. uh, and and your your hot chocolate with a with a cinnamon oh. stick. Oh, your hot milk. Okay, so hot it would chocolate be like a, might work. So it might be kind of like a chai latte then. Well, yeah, it is definitely yeah. something of that kind of crossover. You know, this mm. this um, Mexican food is really a marvel for um, having spices in in using spices really well whether they're hot spices or whether they're cooler um it, it, it it's neither here nor there because they're used really really well there but there's mm-hmm. very lovely um hot chocolate recipes um from mexico where um spices are used really well and cinnamon is one of those things that's used as a kind of stirring stick oh, um, it's a good idea it's a good idea it's all right can we grow any of the things that you've mentioned in the book at home, that's a very know. good question yeah you can there's not many um a lot of a lot of what gives us the those sort of big essential oily flavors comes from you know the tropics and so on so something like um cinnamon you know sri lanka is the place that you'd be wanting to go for that there are some you can grow um here that not many but there's things like you know fennel and they're, they're funny actually because they're they're sort of a little bit crossover between the sweet and the savory so things like yeah. fennel um and coriander you know where there's a lot of sweetness in in there so um those caraway you can obviously things like celery seed juniper mustard uh nigella i mean there's more than i more than i thought actually you can grow some pepper you can't grow that your regular kind of black pepper that's a that's a a tropical um climber you've just reminded me excuse me of the something that was in one of your early books, Taste of the Unexpected, Sweet Sicily, yes. Murris Odorata for the gardeners amongst us, which mm. I'd grown in the garden anyway, because it was really good in shade and it's really pretty, really lovely sort of humble. And I was looking at your book and you say, put the seeds in an omelette. 
And I did that. So I went out and I foraged and probably was the first time in my life that I'd ever, or wasn't really foraging, was it? I went into the garden and picked something. But for that me, counts. that, that, that was fairly That's wild. Fairly it wasn't extreme. a shop. It's not a shop. So you <laughs> get you gain shop. points. So yeah. I really felt like I'd made, I suppose because I hadn't grown it specifically to eat it. I'd grown it because it's really good in the shade and very pretty. And then when mm. I realised I could actually, it, that it had a double use, it made me have yeah it satisfied me immensely and it was really it's, good in an omelette it's really it's really lovely you know and I use it in so many ways and, and and one of the things that it really signifies to me and I love this about gardening is that um sweet Sicily convinces me that spring's on its way again well, just when I'm really feeling like it can't surely it can't be because it women should have been here about three months ago uh, you know because it comes out very early and it goes through its life cycle very quickly but you get leaves and you get the seed and the flowers and everything really really quickly um and it's a lovely plant I think for kids because it shows you that life cycle really quickly yeah. uh, but every part of it is delicious and it's very good in everything from cocktails to savory stuff did I read did you say that Chocolate vine can be eaten. Is that edible? Chocolate vine, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, kiwi is really interesting. I mean, such a lovely plant, and it will take yeah. over if you're not careful. Great but, climber, yeah, yeah. It, the 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 name that you know, it's kind of um, common name. You know, chocolate vine is to do with the scent of the flowers, yeah. smelling yeah. quite like chocolate, which is odd because chocolate hadn't really got a smell. Not really, but you still smell it, and you go, oh, yeah, well, no, that's chocolate." You, you know, it's yeah. uh, it's it's not. I, I, you know, you would if you pick up a Mars bar, you're not going to go, "Whoa, hey, whoa, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lively one." You know, it, it has something, but it's not really. Uh, you know, it's not overly present. Yeah, but it, yeah. But in this perfume form, it is. But the uh, the edible part of it is um, in a good summer, and you do need a good summer in a in a really sunny spot. You can um, it will produce fruit that are sort of like um slightly grayish kiwis i guess and okay. if you yeah if I you break them i've open, ever had those making them no, they, sound they, really you, attractive they're, they're, <laughs> yes i am aren't I? Um, uh, and inside that lovely kiwi is um uh, a pulp that's kind of very melon flavored um oh. really really lovely it, there's, there's a few seeds in there to, to battle so that depends if you're the if you're the childish sort who likes to spit seeds at things um oh, and yes. i confess i am how far can you spit a cherry stone oh i'm that i am really good at oh I'm uh, are you i i don't think i'm i i, I it's the sort of thing that would make me very happy if i was because yeah, you, you need know, to get it's about getting the air behind it and kind of like yeah the, and I've got, I, 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 I like to form a sort of slight taco shape with my tongue. Yes, that's it. It's tongue, okay. it's tongue action. That's yeah, It's got to be a... Yeah. Sorry. And, I know this steady is on. lean show. The other thing, and that's made me have another flashback, which is when we were walking round RHS Rosemore down in Devon together mm. as as part of the the sort of advisory panel there, Mark, you picked a daylily and a flower and ate it and I remember standing there saying what are you doing <laughs> what am I doing you crazy ass uh, why didn't you get a pasty uh go up to the shop uh, no they, <laughs> that was another it, another revelation oh they're they're amazing they're, they're um we we you know in the UK we tend not to use them uh too much but they're in lots of ways they're the sort of ideal thing to be eating because if we don't eat them it's not like they stay around in the garden. You know, their name is, you know, tells you all you need yeah. to know about them. You know, the flower comes and goes in no time. So um, they're really quite extraordinary. And I've got to be careful how I put this, but um, they've got a great pea taste. 
and that's you know pea um yeah. and, and you know kind of fresh and green and uh okay. bright but there's a little bit of warmth behind them um and as with nasturtium flowers if you um usually the redder the flower the hotter the pepperiness that comes with them um, but they're really good they're so good i mean as a, as a as a flower edible flower they've got one of the most kind of present tastes you know they're they're very obviously there and very delicious but they wow. they're also used in dried form in a lot of um cooking in other cultures as a kind of soup flavoring and thickener because they will thicken the soup at the same time but the great thing is the more you pick of them as well the more you get so um the more the plant produces so um mm. yeah real yeah. real smasher so that smasher. actually gives hemorrhalis a bit of a purpose i know i know they are really pretty but a lot of people are put off by mm. the leaves and the facts the fact that you have to be deadheading but if you're eating them afterwards yeah uh, that's that's brilliant. the way to deadhead them is, is to is to get them is to live head them and change into a completely different taste sensation right i need mm. to know where you stand mark on cheese and marmite cheese and marmite very yeah. interesting yeah. um <laughs> i i oh I, i'm usually not um sure of a strong opinion about something that really doesn't deserve a strong opinion but <laughs> this is one of the cases where i think leave well alone oh well you see i did a poll because joe is against cheese well, and, and i'm very much for cheese and marmite and i did a poll and the results are 70 percent of people are for cheese and marmite and 30 percent mm-hmm. against and i think that was just you clicking against a few times <laughs> I I, 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 see, I, it's not that i think it's bad i just think both things would be diminished it's a bit like having a roast potato trifle um, yes this is true yeah i'm completely no. neither, neither thing is enhanced by the other you know but the other thing, yet, but, independently they're great but the other thing that i object to is not only is we're not just talking about the cheese and marmite flavor i'm what what Nina put the picture that Nina put up with this poll was what was a photo of one of those little mama. I don't know if you've even seen okay, it. Was you processed might, cheese, it's processed cheese. It's processed cheese. It's a little plastic pot, a round pot, about I don't know, as uh, like like a fifty p piece, but twice as big. That oh, like a hotel, and, like a hotel kind of yeah, um, like and it, baby bell or whatever, you know. But then okay. half of it was cheese, and then mama on top. So. No, that's not true. Mm-hmm. It wasn't half cheese. It was cheese in enhanced with marmite flavour. Oh, I haven't looked at it. But what I'm looking at is that whole concept of a little plastic thing. Okay, but then right. you and you open it, so that's horrible. It's cheese that tastes of marmite. It's gross. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> I'm with you, Joe. I'm I'm really sorry, Nick. But I, I I side here um, strongly with Joe. Oh, um, well, that's a disappointment. I'm oh. sorry. We could go, I've, I've just got another, I keep going, I'm very nostalgic today, aren't I? The other thing I've just remembered is, um, looking back, the annals of time, is being at Sissinghurst. Mark, I think you'd given another talk there, do a lot of talking, mm-hmm. and you introduced me to the concept of mulberries, and uh. I had never eaten a mulberry. I knew what a mm-hmm. mulberry looked like, but I didn't really, I I. And I knew, obviously, I knew what a mulberry tree looked like, but I'd never eaten one. And we were there at the precise moment that a mulberry becomes ripe. And you said, try this. And I'm like, oh, no, he's giving me weird berries from trees. And I'm going to have to pretend to like it and all of that. (gasps) Oh, my God. The moment was life changing. Honestly, we wouldn't be chatting now if in, I don't know, 
1999 or something, I hadn't eaten my first mulberry in Suffolk. I was I was working in my previous life. I kind of um, had a very idle uh, younger years. Finally, accidentally went to university, um, did all right, did a master's. And I started a kind of environmental consultancy when I was working in Suffolk with somebody else doing the Suffolk landscape assessment. And I was staying with them and she said, oh, you know, um, the mulberry is the mulberries are ripening. And I'm like, yay. Uh, is, that, <laughs> is that good? Uh, how do I put my um, I'd rather have a strawberry face on uh, and uh, not having had them. And um, this chicken was roasting. I really remember that the day or the evening really clearly. The chicken was roasting. And I'm thinking, you know, I could eat my shoes right now. And I'm being offered a mulberry. And um, I was offered this like nice, lovely bowl of mulberries like while the chicken's roasting and we were talking and I ate one kind of absent-mindedly and and it was it was like that um you know you see in old films where you sort of fall in love and everything else goes into kind of um uh everything else yes yeah soft focus all the sounds are muffled and I'm and, and she was talking to me and I'm going how have I reached this age and not eaten this incredible thing I've never I've never tasted anything like this in my life. This is extraordinary. And and I kind of cut across her. I'm like, this Pat, tell me what what's going on? This is this is crazy. And Rob, her kind of partner, said, Never mind that. Have a glass of this. And it was mulberry vodka. <gasps> so, oh. Oh, and and it really was that revelatory. And I'm going, well, why aren't we all eating these things? And they, you know, obviously that's where I found out mulberries are very delicate. You know, they fall apart under the weight of their own juice. You can't, they don't fit the supermarket system. So the only way you get to eat them is if you grow them yourself. And I promise you, that is the moment at which I went, I've got to get a bit of land to plant or a big enough garden to plant some uh, mulberries because I can't not eat this thing. You know, it, 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 and and that when when um when we went to what became Otter Farm, it was just two fields, and the only plan I had was mulberries. That's the only thing that I had any plan to do with this field was literally mulberries. And I thought I don't, I hadn't even thought it through enough. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I hadn't even thought it through to think whether well, is it going to be two or fifty or mm. what, what what's you know. And that 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 was that was the moment that. A few years before we actually got to being at the fields that were Otter Farm, that's the moment it started. And that is that that along with um kind of getting the more broad gardening bug is the thing that meant that I started writing about food online. I I've started a blog in two thousand and two. Um crikey, that's twenty one years yeah, ago. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say, no. come on. <laughs> honestly uh but before then I hadn't grown anything I didn't know what I was doing and that's I hadn't written anything apart from kind of you know uh, uh academic stuff and um that was the moment that literally that taste of mulberry was the thing that changed the direction of my life entirely and are they easy to grow did you find it piece of cake easy to yeah, get started? It, yeah 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 put one in the ground it, it, I, I do quite a lot of edible garden design stuff now and um if any, I know that can be kind of complicated or very simple. You know, I've got, I've got space for four trees. What should it be? Oh, it's dead simple. You know, the three of them have to be mulberries, quince, and medallas. You can't buy them. They're forgotten fruit. They're yeah. each self fertile. They're absolutely phenomenal to be eaten, and and they look beautiful. And really, with a mulberry, the key thing is to, um, if you're going to get a kind of, 
Chelsea, you know, a, a, or a kind of regular kind of Morris Nigra, then try and get an older one because they take a while to fruit. Not, not you know, they always used to be said mulberries, you know, to your grandchildren will be enjoying the fruit that you plant now. You know, it's not the case, but there are many great hybrids that are really interestingly delicious um, mm. and they fruit even quicker. So very, very, very easy to grow. The beautiful trees kind of irregular with these gorgeous leaves that are sort of like pointy heart shaped. And actually the, the reason they're called Morris is because there's an, there's a region in Greece where they are very, you know, common that called Maria and it's shaped Around in the there. same way okay. as the leaves. Yeah. Uh, and you, you so mentioned you quince and of course, mm. anything about that is you absolutely ruin your hands trying to peel those things. Ah, uh, well, unless you've got uh, well, a you do. top tip. No, yeah, no, I do have a top tip, which <laughs> is that you wash them and you, um, you roast or boil them. whatever with the skin on and then you let it cool and then everything slips off that stone oh my god i could have saved myself so much hassle next time you literally could and the skin will give you more pectin if it's something that you're making something jam or jelly wise so jelly um, that's not and let me just say right now that isn't my tip that tip is from pam corbin who was um which is known as pam the jam and she wrote a few books for river cottage and of her own and she is endlessly coming up with those things that just make you go that's great. I've just I've lost fourteen knuckles to yes. uh, pe- peeling. You know what essentially is a baseball. You know, yeah. as a quince. You yeah. know, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. really difficult to peel, um, and and it goes brown very quickly. That's the way to do it. And she's the queen of all of that stuff. I think that um, the quince you mentioned, quince, medlar, mulberry, and they're all things like you say are not easily buyable in mm-hmm. in supermarkets you can't come across them and I remember reading that from your you know I think it must have been back in Taste of the Unexpected where you say don't really bother with potatoes or I don't know onions stuff mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. just going to taste the same okay new potatoes maybe not but stuff that is going to taste the t- same wherever you buy it from devote if you've got a patch of land devote it to what to what you like and what you can't buy it's a great idea. I think this is it's really important I, and, and some of that um some of that was really I was kind of exaggerating what I meant to some point which is I want I needed to try and uncurl people's fingers from just going for the usual suspects you know because what I did first year I grew anything and what a lot of people do is they've got an allotment or they've got a patch of back garden or something and what do they do they get a piece of paper they draw this patch and then they chop it into four you know potatoes uh, roots and onions peas and beans and uh um uh the other stuff um what's it called uh honestly oh the other fr- what the, the so brassicas got- yes thank oh, you brass- thank brass- you yes yeah i thought just before i came <laughs> on took three of us yes <laughs> three it took three of us. So, I mean, do you know what this do you know what the trouble is is that i just before we were going to start recording i was thinking have i got time to Stuff a very large piece of panettone down my face so that oh. I don't drop. Because if I if I get hungry, I stop being able to think. Oh, um, wow. Yes. Yeah. So what? That's what they did. People chop. A, a, you know, they draw a square or a rectangle. They chop it into four. They assign it each of the kind of plant groups, and then they kind of defaultedly fill up a quarter of their veg patches, potatoes, quarter of its root and onion, roots and onions, quarter of its peas and beans and the other legumes, and a quarter of it is uh, brassicas. And then we'll squeeze the other stuff in when there's space. And the trouble with that is that's not how I eat. And I think no. the the thing I wanted to try and do was to encourage people to think, do I want to, as is the kind of national figure, dedicate nearly 80% of my edible personal edible space 
to grow in the most widely available, most disease prone, cheapest food there is. And by extension, either not eat or keep buying the expensive stuff, the stuff that's big flavored, you know, all of all of that stuff, you know, this, so I just wanted to say to people look, you probably if you if you dedicate your space just to the staples, you might save yourself about £1.82 if it all goes in your favour. Um, which is not to say don't grow potatoes. It's just, do you want to try oca? That comes from the same part of the world. You know, it's South American. It's perennial. You buy it once, you keep tubers back, and they don't carry diseases into different years. So you can save some and effectively buy it once and sow it for the rest of your life, try a different flavour. Maybe you want to try chilli and guava rather than strawberries because, um, again, they're perennial they don't start to disintegrate after three years you can buy strawberry i'm not saying don't do that but what i wanted to do yeah. was to try and uh you know i had somebody after a river cottage course i ran um she emailed me about a week later saying i dug up all the potatoes just like you said, and I said no I did, I did all i wanted to do was just to plant some ideas in your mind because the most important thing you do and this is the time of year to be doing it is to be thinking you've got to imagine that the weather and the conditions work out fine. So if that happens, you get what you asked for. Now, if you asked for accidentally, maybe unthinkingly, maybe, you know, four tons of carrots to be ready in the same week and all your potatoes are mains rather than spread out over the year. If If you want gluts, that's great. If you don't, then you've got to think about it. And now's the time to do it, you know, not on the hoof. So now is the time to think about it. Get what you want. Um, what you want to eat think about how you might want to grow it and don't just think um about growing the staples i am growing potatoes this year and but they're going to be really amazing delicious most of them early so they're in out before and yeah, eaten but, before blight comes yeah. along they're waxy delicious nutty. and there is nothing like a potato straight out of the soil oh it's just potatoes. amazing oh, it's, it's absolutely amazing so i would never say don't grow it but um but space I would... is a and do you yeah do you sell the things you grow? I don't mean the the produce produce, yeah. but you sell the seeds, for example. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Otterfarm.co.uk. We sell seeds. We sell plants. We sell the best of the familiar. We've got lots of things that maybe um, are unusual. Although you know, again, the more I talk about it and other people talk about it, the more it gets around and things are more easily available, like okay, you know, things like that. But the <laughs> the flavors here are extraordinary, and again, that people will find their mulberry moment but maybe in something else god i wish i lived next door to you <laughs> i really do i'm just thinking the cooking the growing you know things like i know i had a really lovely lovage plant from me from you mm-hmm. last year i cannot get lovage seeds to germinate for love and money i just can't do it they don't like me so yeah mm-hmm. and you very kindly sent the plant over and lovage is something you can't find it in the supermarkets no no, no you and can't it's fabulous Apparently it's fabulous. It's a superfoody type thing. I don't know why. It does something to your metabolism. Yeah. Bitters is very good. Anything bit, and this is the thing that puts a lot of people off is that um it's got quite a bitter flavour, but it's sort of like um a leaf form of vegetable stock. You know, it's very kind of deep and rich and kind of um savory. But bitter stuff tends to be very good for the system, very good for digestion. Um but of course. The great thing about um, well, lovage is interesting because um, you can do it, use it for a lot of things. It's, it makes a very good um, vodka, which sounds bizarre, but vodka with a bit say. of sugar. Yep. Yeah, lovage vodka is extraordinary. It's re- it's so good. Um, I like the way it always comes back to vodka, though, with you generally. Yeah, I, I think well, it's just a theme. I was just thinking a about theme here. 
so I was thinking about all those um the bitters, you know, the Italian are they Italian? Angus. Bitters, mm. all those mm. sort of and then that they're they're always they'll you know, and if, if you're in Italy, you'll all have always have a digestive of after, yeah. after a massive lunch and somehow it really does the trick. Yeah. And then yeah. of course there's fernet branca, which I've never discovered what's in it. Have you ever tried fernet branca? Uh, yeah, I've got I've got and a may- bottle of it in, in the next room, funny enough. And and but it's a sort of thing. It's a bit like um what's it a bit like? It's a bit like it's a bit like Mr. Blue Sky, where once a year's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Be, Usually it, it, after it's the best hangover cure. Yes. Ever. Yes. Yes. I don't it, know. It, <laughs> just well, say. it has it, it has a lot. <laughs> it has a lot of uh bitter stuff in it. And again, maybe that's the that's that's yeah. the thing. There's a um there's a very good drink that um it's very easy to make yourself, which is nocino. And nocino is um essentially if you nice. go around late june early july you'll find walnuts that are mm. green you know they're not they're not the shell isn't fixed yeah and you chop them up and you put them in um alcohol uh, usually vodka because it's flavorless with some spices and sugar um uh, i think that actually i think on my Substack there's a recipe for it and that comes out so crazily bitter but sweet and the spices carry it along and if you just try it, you're like, whoa, that's spicy and nice. Ah, crikey, there's all the tannins. There's all the bitterness. <laughs> and you think, I'm not sure about that. But if you have it after a meal, and this is the thing with the Italian kind of digestives and so on, is that um, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense. So have it you matters. got a drinks cabinet then? Um, well, there's a sort of, there's a, it's a mixture of two places. There's a There's a shelf in the kitchen, which is the, help yourself anybody um including my daughter you know tuck in <laughs> okay and then there's also the leave this alone uh cupboard which is where it's like this is this is uh you know soaking just <laughs> developing for a while yet so that's your is that under lock and key that one uh, not quite no <laughs> um but 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 people are under strict orders don't go because it's that sort of nostalgia thing again isn't it that you know my parents all had a drinks cabinet it was the thing that you had to do in the 70s and they would have had a bottle of everything yes. avocado yes. dom yeah. benedictine and yeah. of course it was great fun to go in and as a child when they were out and the, oh the first child, half i mean a teenager you know you, you mix them all term. together this much so no one could tell and yeah. you end up with with a cup of slurry yes. <laughs> you know yes. it's usually the advocate that's turned it <laughs> yeah, into exactly. something that looks like tipex and, <laughs> and you still drink it and then you're you're a combination of really quickly drunk <laughs> followed by really quickly ill and yes. then really hope that you're really quickly sober by the time they get in exactly um, that I, yeah, I, I, see, no, me, no but not many people have have drinks cabinets anymore maybe it's something important we should to try have and some, i've got we should cabinet. encourage i think we should get people back into it we, we should. You, now you mentioned Advocar, um, and and I'm going to use that as a real clunk to get back into. Um, there's a recipe in the book, not not because I'm trying to push the book, because again, I think it might be on my. Feel free. Um, I'm just rudely. I'm leafing through it as you talk. Right near yeah. the back, it's called Punchy Crema, and and what I didn't realise, you know, because obviously when I'm growing up, warnings is on the telly everywhere, you know, yeah, Advocar, yeah. uh, and and you 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 get this. It promised a kind of sophisticated lifestyle if you were to drink it, um, but it, <laughs> essentially. It, this 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 kind of culture of an egg-based drink oh, around we're the world. looking at the picture now yeah oh, I tell wow. you what. it's extraordinary so this punchy crema is the, is the uh, venezuelan version of um uh, eggnog essentially and it's just whole milk condensed milk egg yolks rum nutmeg cinnamon wow. and lime wow. sometimes and it's phenomenal it's 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 so much better 
because you Baileys. think, hang on a bit. Yes, yes. Oh, you know, it, it, it's got everything you want. And also the thing that I hadn't realised is how very well, you know, 180 or 200 of dark rum or brandy, if you prefer, would keep 800 mil of varying types of milk totally fine. I've got, so I've got some of this Ponchi Crema. Um, there's a new batch and there's a batch that's over a year old. And the wow. old batch is just great still. Right. So you wouldn't keep it in the fridge? I mean, probably. Uh, yes, no, keep it, in, it. keep it in the fridge. Keep it in the fridge, but it will All last forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll last forever. Um, and it's really extraordinary. Very easy to make. And it's one of those drinks that you just think, OK, I don't want a pint of that. But a, a, a nice little nice little mm. taster of that will yeah. just make me feel like it's Christmas and everything's good. I'm He's... loving the the um, instructions here, just reading them through as you're talking. When it reaches the consistency of thick paint, remove from the heat. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's so accessible. I understand that. But, well, uh, I'm a simple creature, and uh, and I uh, and uh, you know I, I I'm easily confused, so I'm trying to be kind of straightforward. Oh, I've, the trouble is doing this. You've now got me on the drink section, and I'm looking through nutmeg, Randy Alexander, mold oh. oh yes. Tascalate. Is that a verb? <laughs> yes. Have you been tascalating while I was out? <laughs> Tell me how to pronounce that correctly. Uh, no, I won't. Uh, I, I think I think probably, well, it could, it could be, I wonder if it's tascalate. Could be. Um, it depends where you put the emphasis. As Mexican, yeah. Could it, be. Yeah, yeah. It's a very fine drink. Um, and and um, it's an interesting one because there's the, the Mesa Harina, which is a kind of... Um, ground corn that gives it a kind of creamy consistency it's very very good it's sort of um slightly because it's, I, I guess it's a little like quite thin um what's it called um polenta in it in its oh. thing but it's more of a it's it's more hot chocolatey than that it's just really That's outstanding really but if you were going to make if you were going to make a drink one drink uh in this book, well, now if you're going to make two yeah. drinks, one would be the white Dalmatian, oh, okay. uh, which essentially is that's a, that a, a, a Dalmatian is a, a cocktail which usually uses black pepper, but this is a white Dalmatian because I'm using white pepper, um, mm. and it's vodka, white pepper syrup, and grapefruit juice. <gasps> the thing with that is you want to drink that where you fancy kipping. You know. <laughs> oh, really? Does it? Does it not? Does it not count? Yeah, for, it does that lovely. You know, you know they say there's so many um, stages to grief. <laughs> yes. There's so many stages to drinking a, a white Dalmatian, and it kind of starts with exhilaration, and it, you know, then it opens the chuckle oh, yeah. valve, and you'll laugh at anything, and then you're deeply asleep. Um, <laughs> and so is that it, something? Oh, it looks if I, lovely. If I went to a cocktail bar, a smart cocktail bar, or anyway, a cocktail bar where they knew what they were doing, would they know that? Would they know a Dalmatian? They'd know the Dalmatian, they... but whether they've got the um, whether they make black pepper syrup in this case white pepper syrup because there's something about yeah. white pepper that really gets me going brandy alexander's is the other one uh, it oh. was john lennon's favorite drink was a brandy alexander's yes, and um he got brandy. put onto it by nielsen do you know nielsen who, who sang um everybody's talking you know from midnight cowboy oh yeah um, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's a lovely song <laughs> and uh it's john lennon's favorite drink he was put onto it by nielsen and um Usually there's a there's a, 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 a creme de cacao is in it. And I kind of reversed this because uh, creme de cacao usually goes in it with nutmeg grated on the top. And this is a nutmeg brandy Alexander's because we make a nutmeg syrup and we have cocoa sprinkled mm. on the top. And it's honestly, that drink will make you very happy. And the what also oh. makes me happy is the description there. So not only do you 
tell us how to make the drink but it's got such a lovely story with it you just start off a couple of years ago I sat on a coach with two friends alighting here and there at various Beatles landmarks around Liverpool the roundabout at the top of Penny Lane where a pretty nurse is selling poppies from a tray among them oh and it goes on takes us back to the Beatles so lovely read the book everyone Um, what's really lovely is that um you know I think we've been talking about January not being the right time at all to sort of give up on things and do dry mm. January because it's such a mm. just a miserable month. Actually, mm. January is the time we should be trying all these drinks. Yes. Uh, do you know what? I think this is it. I used to, you know, I used to, like most people, kind of, you know, new year, new me. And I, I'm still, I do quite take new year as a kind of right. But I tend to do it slightly more thinking about the year in kind of positive ways. Um but I'm not that keen to give stuff up, but I am all right at kind of managing it. So I feel like um, having some nice stuff and that we need a bit of nice stuff because, you you know, what it's like we're getting up in the dark, like being hauled out of a well, isn't it? And then then, you you have your lunch and it's dark. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and and you, so you need some kind of, uh, it's interesting when my you know, I chat with my 17-year-old daughter, you know, it's like, how are you doing? She's fine. It's like, what, what's up this weekend? Are you doing okay? She's like, yeah, things are good. And I'm like, is there anything I can do that would make life better? And she's like, do you know what's really nice? It's really nice if we have a lovely tea and I know what's coming in the morning. Oh, and it's a similar thing with that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. if you if you think, oh, do you know what, tonight I'm going to have a little, I'm just going to have myself a little Brandy Alexander's by the fire yeah. or, you know, that, that it, it, I, I'm a, I'm a real believer in the it, it, in unless things are really serious, then most of things in life it's the small things that are really the big things. Yeah. And if you just sprinkle a couple of little things in there, um, into your day, into your week, um, it makes a lot of difference. You know, it can't just be I'm ticking all the boxes. I'm finishing my to do lists. I'm achieving stuff. You know, I'm getting things out of the way. There has to be a bit of that was unnecessarily delightful. I think that's such, it's a lovely thought, but it's also a really important thought in that there are those small things. Like you say, you've just conjured up such a lovely image, fire going, sitting in the evening, whatever you're doing, watching the telly, reading a book, treating yourself a little bit. Why would we choose, as you're right, Nina, why would we choose January, which is so grim and dark anyway, to deprive Mm. ourselves of things when actually we could just be treating ourselves and a little of what you fancy does you good does you good grandmother used to say (laughs) it's very much the whole ethos of this podcast oh absolutely no no bad stuff pickings of life really and absolutely that yeah can i quickly ask you before because i know we're going to wind up shortly i need to ask you about biscuits because as you Mm. might know we've been talking about biscuits on this podcast Mm. and then realized as usual nothing in life is original and in fact you and your great friend James Alexander Sinclair had written a very successful biscuit blog some time ago and Nina and I have been having a bit of a to and froing about rich tea which I say is the best biscuit in the world and you as an expert will definitely have your own opinion and I'd like to know what your best biscuit is. It's a bit like choosing your favourite album again, isn't it? Because you're going, sometimes it's that. And sometimes I want this because it's, it's it depends on the mood. Oh. I, I I like the restrained nature of your selection, which is a rich tea. Sometimes <laughs> you don't, it, 
sometimes what you want is I'm a big fan of crunch. Sometimes you want crunch against a soft drink that has all the flavor. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You don't necessarily want Jules Holland playing his bloody honky tonk piano over something else as if it wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And and that, that carries through into the biscuit. What's your favorite biscuit, Nina? If you were forced. Do you know, it's so difficult because I'm not, a massive biscuit fan but I think I'd probably go I think I'd have to go with the digestive because again it's the simplicity of it yep yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with you I'm not with the, all the bits and pieces added well and it's the same with pizza I like a simple pizza don't start me on pizza don't, don't start me on pizza <laughs> sorry I've got views <laughs> about biscuits. pizza okay back to biscuits okay. okay if you really force me to I would take a, a dark chocolate digestive okay and see, if you Joe, force me to. Joe's making a face because Fair it's enough. got the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, there you are. You see, it's got the, for me, the chocolate on the top. It's like somebody, yep. wants, I don't. I think they used to make them, but I think they stopped. They realised the, the error of their ways. They used to make chocolate, rich tea biscuits with chocolate on really? the top for yeah, a short time. It might not Absolutely. have been the original. It might have been some imitating brand or something. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was like terrible. Experience. It's all wrong. Yeah. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think we do that thing of, it's a bit like, um, it's a bit like uh, when you're a kid, salt and vinegar crisps, right? Mm. And, th- and then yeah. Yeah. you're taken away to a torrid affair with the smoky bacons oh. and the roast chickens yeah. and all of that stuff. And I think it's a similar with biscuits in that I I think most of us were um, were, were dragged off um, to, to, you know, uh, uh, infidelities with the glamour biscuit. When the glamour biscuit arrived, i.e. it would be held in a, in a, in a tray Oh, in God, its own compartment, yes. it didn't selection. touch the didn't yeah. touch the other biscuit, and you'd have like eight <laughs> of them, you know, uh, and 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 you were expected to not treat that as a single portion. And sometimes they would be wrapped. Yeah, they would be wrapped. Yeah, you know, like yeah. the Viscount. Viscount, the most the most like regal of, the most regal of biscuits. I would say. I, yeah, I can yeah. imagine the, the branding team. That, and then, uh, <laughs> well, don't I could I could talk at length about the Viscount biscuit, but we'll we'll save that for another time. I genuinely yeah. could. Um, yeah. But it, we come back, don't we, to maybe a bit more simplicity. And I do, I would have maybe there was a time I would have said on that journey back to simplicity, I would have said maybe the dark chocolate hobnob. But the the simple fact is, if I've opened a packet of biscuits, I want to make a dent in it. And <laughs> the, the, the 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 hobnob, delightful as it is, you start almost yeah. getting the, the the sweet yeah. hangover really yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas quickly. you can sit there with a packet of half chocolate, uh, half half yeah. coated, you know, dark chocolate digestives, and you can you can you can trudge on through really quite contentedly oh, it's the same with I, rich, rich tea biscuits yeah definitely whole packet may i may i just grass up james alexander sinclair at this point of course because um every day as i'm led to believe by uh a very close acquaintance of his he says without uh grassing up his wife um he he eats a packet of jaffa cakes every day <gasps> uh, in but the isn't afternoon. there a whole debate over whether that's a biscuit or a cake well oh, I, I, I have a very strong view, a very strong view about this. The dividing line between a biscuit and a cake is what they do when they go off. So a biscuit okay. goes soft, a cake goes hard. And what does a Jaffa cake do? It's soft, goes hard. Um, not a biscuit, not Not a biscuit. Also, also, mm. I have one rule in life. Right. I mean, literally one rule in life, okay? <laughs> and the Jaffa cake doesn't pass it, which is never eat a biscuit that floats. <laughs> 
Definitely a biscuit that floats. How did you find that out? Were you in the bath with with a no, biscuit? No, I'm just I'm just thinking you don't want else to substance. You, you, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the other thing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think well, I'm going to rule my life now by that. Uh, it's by honestly, that rule. it's genius. It, it, you need substance, and this carries through into cake as well. I couldn't be less interested in um, a Victoria sponge. I don't want anything that's going to take yeah. in water. Do you know what I mean? If given the chance, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 what I want is a brownie. I want something heavy, oh. dense. Oh, maybe not the biggest piece sponge, of it. Though. No, well, you. I quite you're like the simple. No, it's the sim. Again, it's back to simplicity. Isn't no, it? it's, I an like, ed- it's a very it's early ed- cake. It's, it's very... an edible loofah. It's not it's not to be entertained. So we're having said that then, okay, yes. so you don't like Victoria Sponge, but Panatoni, what's it I'm wondering yes. if Panatoni floats. No, I'm, I'm gonna be getting no, up to it's tonight, got, don't you? It's got but, hard dried yes. fruit in it, so it probably doesn't. Well, it's the thing I discovered yesterday because I bought this panatoni before Christmas that I thought that's a really nice panatoni, chocolate panatoni, really nice one. And what will happen is that will be given to someone. I would have forgotten somebody because I know what I'm like. I would have forgotten somebody and I would be happy to give this really nice panettone to anyone. And here we are on the whatever of January. And yesterday I was thinking, oh, I could just do with a little. And I don't keep biscuits in the house for, for reasons that have become obvious. Yeah, you know, yeah. they'd be demolished daily. So I thought I'm going to sob that. I'm going to eat that bit of that panettone. The trouble with panettone is I find that it uniquely gets me straight to the sweet thing hangover feeling really quickly. So before I finished eating the panettone, I start being a bit lethargic and a bit like, oh, I, oh, what was I getting up to? What was I getting on with? And and in a way, like I've had a cup of tea with nineteen sugars. You know, it feels like I've over sugared myself really quickly. Well, it's especially if it's got chocolate panettone. in it. Have I mean, you tried um, so the then the non fruity Pandora version of ah uh, yes panettone, which is Pandora? Have you tried that? I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that too. And and I really love with both of them. I love them to kind of be too big so that you don't get through them too quickly and then you make them to bread and butter pudding. Mm. Oh, yes. Mm. And actually, panettone oh. does make... I am a big fan of bread and butter pudding. My God. Absolutely. It's got currants in it, hasn't it? But it doesn't matter. It's different. It's... You're like my mum. You're like my mum who will only eat... Um, she'll only eat pineapple chunks, but she won't eat pineapple rings. Yeah, I get that. What? Completely. I understand no, that. No, no, no. Completely. No, pineapple rings are kind of round you could just once you've eaten a bit of it it's no longer a ring it's not the same honestly nina i'm i'm i i don't know how you can um, continue this podcast no. frankly yeah well, on that note hurrah thank you so much mark for your time and, and your absolutely fascinating insights i'm going to take away so many rich pickings from this well, I'm delighted to be um, have spent an hour with you and and to be part of this lovely thing that you're doing because we we need I think we you know just to be reminded that the little things are really the big things and that there's something in more places than you might be kind of immediately aware of I think is such a delightful kind of life enhancer so thanks for having me involved. Oh, oh thank, thank you, you, Mark. Thank you so much. Lovely My to talk pleasure. to you and to you both. Well, that was fantastic. I really enjoyed talking to Mark. He's such a fascinating guy, isn't he? He is absolutely brilliant. All of his books are fabulous. Yeah. yeah. And they, they're they an easy read. They're accessible and they give you brilliant ideas. Yeah, I've, got, I've taken away so many. Well, actually, we should talk about what our rich pickings are from our chat with Mark. I think I'm going to kick off with... 
making some of his cocktails in January because a little of what you fancy does you good. Absolutely. And I'm I'm with you on that as well. And I would say specifically nutmeg brandy Alexander. Mm. That does sound good. It really does. Mm. Mm. So thank you so much for joining us again. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Mark and his wonderful anecdotes. And um, please do join us again next time on Rich Pickings. Thank you very much.